everyone. Welcome to Sundays with Saima. This podcast is made for aspiring otolaryngologists to learn from trainees and professionals in the field. I'm your host, Saima Wase, fourth-year medical student at Northeast Ohio Medical University. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Rehab Talat. She earned her medical degree from the University of Cincinnati, and she is a current PGY-4 at the University of Cincinnati. Dr. Thalat, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have you here. Happy to be here. So if you don't mind getting started, how did you end up getting interested in otolaryngology and kind of what took you down this path? Uh, when I started med school, I thought I was going to go into family medicine. I, I really like um, the uh, long-term relationships you can build in primary care and um I didn't really know what ENT was, and around second year in our med school, we had uh, didactics um, for ear physiology and cranial nerves and a lot of uh, ENT pertinent anatomy, and that's when I um, really got interested in the subject matter of ENT, Um, and then I I found uh, one of the grand rounds that our faculty were hosting. They just have weekly grand grand rounds. And I just went in on a Wednesday when they were hosting one. And um, I just went up to the attending who had given it afterwards and uh, asked to shadow him. And he was really nice. And uh, I went into one of his cases. He was a head and neck uh, attending. And I um, scrubbed in into his case because they were incidentally shorthanded that day. <laughs> and uh, just as a second year med student, being able to scrub into one of these like huge cancer resections and reconstruction surgeries, it's just very, um, it's like nothing else. Uh, you know, it's just very mm-hmm. different than anything else I'd ever seen. And uh, I was just hooked. I, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And um, yeah. since then, you know, I'd kind of realized that. Um, I get along with the people in ENT really well. They tend to be very nice surgeons, you know, like nice people Mm -hmm. uh, who are surgeons. And um, I like the subject matter of it. And I like the day-to-day aspect of it too. Um, ENT also has a lot of variability to it. You know, you can, you can do facial plastics, you can do head and neck surgery, you can do laryngology, otology, skull-based surgery, rhinology. Um, There's just so much to it. So, um, yeah, all, all of that were reasons, you know, I like DNT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great path. And it's interesting that you wanted to go into family medicine at the beginning, because that's pretty different in some ways, from DNT, <laughs> but yeah. kind of similar in the breadth of the field. Like you mentioned, it's very vast and you get a huge exposure while also being a specialized mm-hmm. specialist uh, at the end of your residency. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what in your residency has proved to be very challenging? I'm sure there are many aspects of your day that can uh, be challenging in terms of managing your juniors and taking care of patients. Um, I've enjoyed a lot of residency, and I I think um, the leadership aspect of it has been really enjoyable. I, I think I've got a really nice team and I I think that's why it's been a good experience um 
as far as challenges go, you know, I, I think uh, when you leave med school, you know uh, a lot about a lot of things, but ENT is not one of them. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't learn about a lot about ENT because it's just such a niche subject. Um, mm-hmm. And so in the first uh, one or two years, you're you just um, learn very, very quickly um, the basics of the subject matter. And I think in the beginning, that's, I think, a challenge for, for most of us. And so then you get, you you know, you learn that baseline kind of information. And then as you advance further, it just becomes kind of a marathon. Um, I think uh, anyone who goes through a surgical residency knows that you do end up spending a lot of hours in the hospital because in the end, it ends up being experience that makes you competent and mm-hmm. uh, good at what you do. But it is a double-edged sword because it takes away time from other things that mm-hmm. uh, you want to do as a, as a person. Um, so I, I think most of us uh, think that that's a challenging part of uh, residency. Mm-hmm. That isn't unique to ENT. Um, I think most residencies uh, are, are time-intensive. Um, ENT right. is five years. And so that's why it's a little bit of a marathon. Yeah. And how do you handle those challenges? Um, as far as like the knowledge stuff went in the beginning, I just read a lot. And mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that's easy to do because you're going from being uh, a lifelong student to a resident. And so you know how to read and, and learn stuff. And so um, right. that, that you just kind of have to do. And then um, as far as you know, making sure that you're um, getting through the five years. Um, mm-hmm. You just kind of have to rely on your uh, support network and make sure that even though, you know, you you do some long shifts and you do night shifts, that you take care of your basic needs, like catching up on sleep and eating healthy and making sure that you have uh, people in your life that uh, support you. So, um, yeah. Yeah, taking a proactive measure in wellness is pretty important. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And what are some of the rewarding parts of residency? I know you mentioned like how rewarding it is to be able to do the surgeries and learn about the field, but are there any other um, aspects that you find rewarding? I think the patient care aspect of it is really the most rewarding thing. Um, you, you get to help people and um, the farther along you get in your residency, the more independent you are, and the more you're making, um, you're making supervised decisions. Um, mm-hmm. and so you, you know, you see, um, yourself coming, um, being there for someone in, in their time of need. And that's really the most, um, rewarding part of it. Right. Right. And you mentioned as you gain more seniority, you're now a PGY4. So how has your perspective changed from M4 year to PGY4 year? Uh, A lot, you know, a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when you're an M4 at this point in time where you're starting to apply, you mostly are thinking of, okay, like, I hope I get into an E&D residency, right? You're right. mostly focused on getting in, getting your foot through the door. You have a sense of what it is, um, but you haven't started a residency. And so then, you know, you go through your interviews, you make your rank list, you match, um, 
and then uh, you, you know, it's final after that. And then you start your residency and your focus just shifts to doing a good job as a trainee, no longer a med student. And so you, I remember very vividly, you know, knowing that I could just prescribe things and I wanted to make sure, you know, I didn't make mistakes doing something that basic because uh, it's a new responsibility and um, uh, it's just a new ability that you have. And it starts with the very basics like that. And so then slowly, you know, you have more and more graduated responsibility. And so Mm -hmm. I think over time you, um, I think, as a med student, you know, you, um, you're attracted to ENT. So you see the great things about it. And as you go through residency, you, you sort of understand the challenges of it too. And so you kind of, you, you adjust accordingly. And so I I think my perspective has changed to a more realistic uh, one (laughs) as time has gone on. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I mean, the more you see, the more you know, right? So, and what advice would you give to students in terms of finding those opportunities to participate in otolaryngology or even to find exposure to otolaryngology? Um, for for students who have a home ENT program, uh, you know, that's that's easier to do than the ones who do not. Um, if you do have a home ENT program, um, try to go to Grand Rounds the way I did and reach out to faculty um, afterwards. People are very happy to um, have you shadow them or uh, be, be mentors. And, you know, if you're, um, if you find one person and um, you feel like that's not the entire breadth of ENT, find someone else because there's so, like, there's so many niche practices in ENT. Generally, ENT does a bunch of stuff that um, a head and neck oncologist doesn't do or an otologist doesn't do. And, and so there's um, a lot uh, that you can see in ENT. So try, I know as a med student, it's very hard to find time to do things outside of studying and taking tests and doing your clinical rotations. But if you, if you have time, you know, it's, it's good to shadow and and talk to people. Um, And then people, you know, you, it's, it's very strongly encouraged to have research on your application. And so when you have research mentors, the, um, a lot of them are MD researchers. And so they can also, um, open up the clinical side of things to you. And so that's, you know, that's also another opportunity. Right, right. Those are all really good options for uh, people interested and not knowing where to get the exposure from. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's a good first step. Definitely. And Mm -hmm. so you mentioned research. Um, What other factors kind of set students up for success in the match from what you've seen? Um, I, I think because ENT is a competitive field, um, grades and step one scores um, mattered a lot for my cycle. And then um, after that, uh, recommendation letters and um, the rest of your resume mattered. I, I do now having been on the other side of interviews, having seen applicants for the past few years, I, I do think... Um, the applicant as a whole, you know, matters a lot uh, because mm-hmm. you, 
you know, most people who end up interviewing, they have really great scores and, um, and grades. And so how they come across as a person and how they, uh, how their social skill, skills are, all, all of that, uh, you know, matters uh, a lot. So right. the academic part is very important. Uh, and after that, you know, you as a human being are, are important too. And so I, I think the latter end, I, I probably didn't realize as much when I was a med student. I, I think I was very much focused on uh, grades and step one scores and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it really is that, you know, you as a person matter a lot. And, and that is how you interview, what your recommendation letters say about you, stuff like that. Sure. So in the interview, how do you make yourself shine as a candidate? Um, you know, when I was um, a med student, I did a lot of practice interviews. Maybe not a lot. I, I did at least two uh, before I before I went on my own inter- my own first interview, and I, I read a lot. I did a lot of practice questions with my friends, uh, and uh, that that was really the main thing for me. I I think that uh, you know some people are just naturally very charismatic and very uh, good in those interview scenarios, but those people are rare. I think most people are a little bit nervous and. Uh, they don't really know what to do before their first, they don't know what it's going to be like before their first interview, right? So the more you can practice, the better. Um, and if, you're, if your med school has some kind of a setup uh, to do uh, mock interviews with faculty, you should definitely do those. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think that kind of replicates the, it'll give you like a little bit of anxiety <laughs> when you go through that. And I think yeah. that's good because if you, when I would, when I did them with friends, that was a really good, pra- it was really good practice to answer different types of questions. Right. And when I did it with faculty, it made me kind of, it made me a little bit nervous. Like I was for the actual interviews sure. because you have someone pretty senior to you, you know, asking you these questions. So, right. Uh, I, I thought those things helped me the most. And then in the end, you just kind of remind yourself that, you're talking to another person, you know, they're not like, uh, they're not the king of <laughs> the world. Right. It's just right. another person who's also gone through med school and has been through the interview process. So uh, yeah. that's why they say, you know, just, just be yourself, like definitely be well prepared and have good answers to um, the same kind of questions. Pretty much everyone's going to ask you, mm-hmm. but also, you know, don't, don't make up things that sound good be yourself and be honest right 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 and I think honesty is a really important part of that process from what I've heard so I mean there's no point in making anything up it comes across clearly throughout any interview process yeah yeah Yeah, great so I think we covered a good amount today Um, we talked about your path to ENT and how you found it through a grand round presentation and kind of went from there and had the opportunity to scrub in at an early stage. And then, you know, your residency has been challenging yet rewarding and your perspective has changed throughout the years uh, with all those experiences. So I think students will learn a lot from your experience and kind of the advice you give giving for us is, uh, invaluable. So thank you. No, I, I thank you. I'm I'm so glad you asked me to be on here. I I 
wish everyone the best of luck. I, I know it's not an easy process, but um, I, I do hope it, you know, it works out for, for everyone. Uh, but it was great, great talking to you. Yeah, great talking to you too. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, no, I, I do sincerely hope everyone, you know, finds their path. e and is a great field, but I, I do want people to know, you know, someone told me when I was a med student that um, it's not like for every one person, there's just one field that if you don't, you know, if you don't match into it, then everything else is going to be a misfit. Uh, for every one person, there's a bunch of different specialties Uh, that you can be happy in. So right. I, I do hope everyone kind of has perspective of that, especially when they're going through the ENT match process, because um, because it, it can be stressful. And so I think everyone should kind of realize that it's not the, it's not the, it won't make it or break it, you know, when it comes to your happiness as a human being in the long run. Uh, it's mm -hmm. just a part, it's just one part of your, the rest of your life. Right. That's great advice. Thank you for joining me today. And I want to thank the listeners for taking the time to listen to this episode. Catch us next Sunday on another episode of Sundays with Zyma.